Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 913-586-7798. Um, all right. So in a minute, we're going to talk here about it being the one-year anniversary of the opening of KCI. Why does my head hurt? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy, Here's I don't know. Why. I could have a couple of guesses. Here's why. Um, so we're getting a lot of questions about the renovations at Arrowhead. And the reason my head hurts is that I should just never engage with people ever because then I answer a question and then someone twists what I said and then adds to it when that's not actually what I said in the first place. Because they're not interested in a conversation. They want to start a fight. That's... I need to just stop talking to people ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, well, right. you know. So uh, if we can get somebody from 610 Sports on with us uh, to give us some insight, we will certainly do that. We're also, um, if you are in KCK, we are hearing reports possibly of some kind of big fire. Colin said he was walking through the newsroom and, and was hearing some stuff. I see nothing on social media, and that's very unusual if it were to be that big. If you happen to be, it's it's possible there are some pretty big fires happening in other parts of the world right oh, now for sure yeah they've got the second biggest wildfire in texas history happening as we speak which it has taken it, on a lot of movement yeah which and by the way it's threatening a nuke plant and it's almost reached the oklahoma state line which would tell if you knew where it started you would realize how far that fire has traveled yeah we've got them in kansas right now in fact it destroyed there was one that destroyed a house out in western kansas so it's possible that we're TV showed fire, has, but if, if you're aware of one here, let us know. Am I wrong in thinking that Governor Kelly has already declared a state of emergency because of the wildfires? You are correct. I, I yeah. thought that, yes. She did do that, yep. Um, and it's early for this. I mean, this February is not normally when we're talking about wildfires, but if you look at some of the video that came out of northern Texas and the panhandle of Texas yesterday, yeah. I mean, it looked like a tornado. Yeah. fire. Oh, yeah. And, and I was reading, as far as that nuke plant goes, I was reading some of the, the um, what words just left my brain. You, you're having a headache and I'm having trouble putting words together. Um, the, the, the sequence of events, that's what I was going for, that happened over the last 12 hours as they've watched this fire get closer and closer. And initially, they put out a blast that said that the, the plant was under threat. And didn't say why, which, I mean, made people freak out. You don't like hearing the words, hey, the nuke plant's under threat. Mm -hmm. And then they started talking about weapons. Uh, what they were talking about were the weapons that are normally stored there so that they can protect the place if they need to. But, um, yeah, it was under threat because of the fires. And early this morning, like, oh, dark 30 early this morning. Uh, they evacuated most of the people who were there. Essential yeah. personnel are still on scene, but very few of them. It, essentially just enough, a skeleton crew, to keep the place running. Yeah, um, so it's a real concern. Once you start getting into Oklahoma, I mean, I can lay out the geography for you a little bit, but we also have parts of southern Kansas that would eventually be in trouble then. I mean, once you start getting through, um, if I was looking at the direction, is it Palma? 
Texas, I think, is where they were. They were focused last night. So if you draw a line northeast from Palma, you would eventually be at either Tulsa or Oklahoma City. I can't remember which one. And then you would eventually be at the southern border of Kansas. And you've got some pretty right. heavily populated areas there. Yeah, and, and let me clarify what I just said earlier about you know them leaving enough people to keep the place running. It actually isn't running, running. Uh, okay. What I mean is they're, they're there just to make sure that they can protect the building to the best of their ability. But it, it, the Pantex plant is what we're talking about. It has been taken offline. Okay. So we'll continue to follow it and see. Um, it, it just, this one out of Texas just all of a sudden started. Yeah. Out of nowhere. And, and, and because of winds, I mean, think about the storm that we had and the winds that came through here yesterday. Remember those that hit right at four o'clock? Sure. The, temperature dropped 60 degrees all of a sudden. That's what they had in Texas also. And that's what's driving some of those, some of those fires. Yeah. So we'll, uh, and that, that also means that points east are going to be, you know, looking carefully at that over the next few hours right. as well. Absolutely. Okay, um, on to other things. Uh, it was February 28th of last year when the new single terminal opened out at KCI. Uh, Colin, I don't know if we have audio handy here from this, but there was ceremony this morning. Quentin Lucas was there. All the bigwigs with KCI were there to mark the one-year event. It was almost a decade, even more, of people that were going to meetings and saying the new KCI terminal would be important for the progress and the future of this city. And we are so proud to see it working today. We have no flights. We have more folks coming in and doing business. We have a great deal of shopping. And more than anything, we have a lot of employees who are celebrating our more efficient and effective airport each day. It is vital in Kansas City that we continue to invest in our transportation and infrastructure. And this is clear, a clear example of the many great benefits as a result for our community. The new terminal serves as a front door to Kansas City, welcoming guests from all over the world. And it was a key part in our pitches for the KCI, pardon me, for the 2026 World Cup, for the 2022 NFL Draft, 2023 rather, and all the events that we're able to pitch here in Kansas City. Okay, so the new terminal has seen 10% more traffic year over year than the last year of the old terminal, if that makes sense. And we'll just open it up here. A year in, um, particularly if you were against single terminal idea and you have flown through the, the airport, how do you feel about it now? How have um, parking and pick up and drop off, how, how's all that gotten in the last year? Yeah, and I'll, I'll kick off a little bit if you want, because within the last 10 days, I've flown out of and then back into KCI. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that we did, instead of dealing with the parking at all, we decided, okay, the night before we leave, because our flight out uh, to Tampa went out very early. It was mm -hmm. right around 6 o'clock in the morning, so we had to be there at 4.30 and figured, okay, the night before, we'll stay at an airport hotel and found one where you can leave your car if you want to. you got to pay them a little yeah. bit for it, but you just oh, left, yeah. the, left the car there, took the airport shuttle into the airport, had breakfast at 5 a.m., which was very good, by the way, um, and then flew out without a single issue. I mean, and the guy told us, okay, when you come back, here's where you're going to meet me and, you know, call him at this number and tell him you want me to come get you. And it was perfect. I mean, it was easy as pie to get into and out of. Uh, we flew out very early. We also flew back in fairly early. We left uh, Florida at about 7.30 a.m. and got back here uh, about 9. So, because he gained an hour coming this way. Um, yeah, I fly out. Uh, I was in Chicago most recently when I went to Illinois, um, and that was the most recent one. And this weekend, I will fly Spirit Airlines for the first time uh, off, to, <laughs> off to uh, Guatemala uh, early Friday morning. So, um, I mean, I was a fan of the single terminal plan 
from not from the word go, but from when the studies came out and we, you know, when when the math was done and I believed what the experts were saying about um, I'm okay if I have to get there 45 minutes before my flight and not 35 minutes or whatever it is. Um, And I just it's just so impressive. It just to walk in, it is just so impressive. I'll also say getting through security here was so much faster than it was getting through security on the way back. And our gate, we were, if you're, if you haven't been yet, and if you haven't been, I would encourage you to go. Um, But our gate was about as far from the front door of the airport as you could be. We were in, I think it was B61 when we flew out. So you had to go all the way down to, Mm -hmm. to B and then take a left and go all the way down to the end of that aisle. And still, it was maybe a four or five minute walk, something like that. I need to turn my computer off here for a little bit. Um, <laughs> give us a call. 913-586-7798. You're getting really opinionated on the text line. Give us a call. Somebody who said, I absolutely 100% hate the way the new terminal works. Why? Yeah, really. I would be interested because I I saw nothing but improvement. And if you just don't like change, tell me you just don't like change. It's super easy. It is the way that every other airport in the universe works. You walk up, you drop your people off, or you pick your people up. You go through one main security checkpoint area. Do you have to walk a little bit to get to your gate? Yeah. It took us uh, maybe a minute and a half to get through security on the way out. It took us 25 minutes to get through the line to get to security in Tampa to come back here. I wish I had looked the last time I was there at how many steps. I remember Justin Meyer used to always have that figure handy of how many steps it was to get from the front door to your gate. I do, it, it just doesn't take very long because they've got those those moving walkways yeah. and that kind of thing. So um, 913-586-7798. What do we think? Are you used to it yet? Yeah, that's that's another great question because um, our experiences flying out of the old KCI were, or the old terminal, sorry. I mean, everybody calls it that. So our experiences flying out of the old terminal, we had maybe three or four flights, you know, in the, in the last few years. I, we don't fly anywhere near as much as you do. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it, it wasn't bad, but there were, there were things about it, things that just weren't available. You know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of yeah. amenities that are, are available there. Yeah, and it's kind of nice. I... Uh, we'll get to your calls in a sec. I almost always have an early flight out. Someday I will be a person who doesn't fly out at 530 in the morning. Yeah. I am not yet that person. I seem to always have that early flight out like you. Coffee is available. I mean, there is stuff yeah. available to you at five o'clock in the morning. Well, like I said, I mean, we, we ate breakfast. There, there's a there's a place that was maybe 40 feet from our gate. Where, yeah. you, where you could get a full breakfast, eggs, bacon, sausage, you know, potatoes, all of that stuff, mm-hmm. and get it hot, made for you right there at, at 5 o'clock in the morning. So, yeah, we had no complaints as far as that was concerned. And in fact, that was one of the better things about it. Yeah. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. How about Jim in Topeka? Hey, Jim. Hello there. I'm kind of on the different side because the old airport as you call it was brand new when i came home from vietnam and to me it was one of the most beautiful airports i'd been in and i'd been in several of them during that time in that era and it was the best thing i'd seen and the people there so much better than san francisco that threatened my life but then in later years i saw the neglect that took place 
and to me one of the most beautiful and cherished airports and cherished buildings that I had. I watched it be neglected and not changed and not brought up to date. So me, it was a very disheartening deal that we let it dwindle, we let it die on the vine and didn't keep up with the changes that were needed. And yes, there are changes that were needed. And yes, there are many that this airport now does that that one doesn't. But I, there are some of us who will still always mourn the loss of that old airport. Take care, my friend. You do the same, Jimmy. I understand the sentimentality of it. Uh, I do, but, uh, I mean, time marches on. And with renovations, I mean, things do eventually fall apart. Yeah, it's the old argument that they um, let it fall apart so that they would have a reason to build a new terminal. They had to build a new terminal because eventually you have to build new things. Yeah, wear and tear it happens. I mean, yeah. and, and I get it. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> change is hard, right? And and sentimentality does exist when things are like they are for a long time and you're used to them and you get a system going and all of a sudden you have to change. That can be tough. Definitely. Uh, 913-586-7798. Susan's next up out of OP. Hi, Susan. Hi, guys. Um, I love our airport. My daughter and I have flown out of there probably three or four times since the summer. Um, but I wanted to share with you that her car got stolen um, back at the end of July from the indoor structure. Wow. Um, and it was parked very, very close to the main walkway to get inside. Um, and while we were re- making the police report, a guy came in. He had been gone for two weeks. His F-150 was stolen from the same structure, like three rows over. And he was telling me this, and he said, no, wait till you hear this. He said the security guard had told him five cars had been stolen the week before. So we're talking about June through August of this year. Have they caught so, the guy who stole your car? No. As a matter of fact, we are just now getting her another new used car because the used car situation has been off the rails. But um, the, there's got to be something going on there. There was no glass. It was so close that with the amount of traffic that it was getting, and, you know, you paid $25 a day to park there, and the person that stole the car took the tag right off the dashboard, which is where it was. Was this the main so, garage right across from the terminal? Which garage yeah, are you talking about? The main one, the one that goes down to the lowest level. And you walk across exactly what you're talking about. I, I believe you because I remember the stories being done. I'm just surprised because of how much foot traffic and vehicle traffic goes through there. Yeah. Especially where our car was parked. Because like I said, we were three cars in on that main drag before you go across and then across. The thing that surprises yeah. me about it and the reason why I ask if they had caught the guy yet is that seems like a really dumb place to steal a car from because you have to pay to get out. But see, it's got to be an inside job, right? What did the police say? Nothing. They just took a report. Okay. But there has to, there's something going on there that they don't have to report because they're a separate entity with the Kansas City Police Department. I'm not sure about all that. Um, but there was no glass. It was a heavy traffic area. I don't, and we were gone during the week. So. Okay. All right. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's, it's never going to be fun. But, uh, but Susan, thank you. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I mean, when you pay to get out, uh, do they not do like they do at the at the toll booths where it takes your picture? I don't know because I never park in that garage. If not, maybe that's a good idea to start. 
Yeah. All right. We have to get to a break. Hang on the line here. Uh, Bob Fesco, 610 Sports Radio. Going to join us coming up at 1230. Give us some perspective on uh, the renovations to Arrowhead. Back with your calls next here on KNBZ. One year ago today, the new terminal at KCI opened. I remember getting up at like 2.30 in the morning to go be on that first flight to Midway and do the show that day because it was so early. It was easy to do it. Uh, feels like a long time ago. Taking your calls on what you think so far. And we go to Mike in Topeka. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. Um, so last summer was the first time I'd, I'd flown ever. Um, so I don't know how much the opinion of my experience will carry um, or how much weight it will carry because, you know, I've only experienced the new airport. But for a beginner and someone who's never flown before, it was very enjoyable. I found, you know, the, the experience of the drop-off and the pickup was very smooth and easy. Um, dealing with security, um, you know, I, I carry a firearm with me everywhere I go. And so flying in general was nervous enough as it was, but, you know, I, I called the airport security ahead of time to make sure that I was, you know, doing everything appropriately and properly. And they were very friendly and, and uh, helpful and informative of everything. And just going through that whole process for someone who's never flown before, I found very enjoyable. So, yeah, Excellent. I mean, I, I love the new airport. Good. Good deal. Let me give you the credit too, for doing your due diligence about your gun. Yeah, and not just Which showing is, up yeah. with it in your yeah. carry-on. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I tell you, I, my my heart was pounding the entire time because you know I've I've heard all of those horror stories and I didn't want to be one of those statistics. So yeah, I, I must have done probably two or three days worth of research and phone calls to make sure that I was you know doing everything absolutely proper because I did not want to be that guy. <laughs> that a boy, yeah, and, and we don't want you in jail because we don't we can't afford to lose any listeners. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> always you, a pleasure, Mike. buddy. Thank right. you. And glad it was good for you. I, I think that's a pretty good testament to somebody who has no experience with the with the old terminals. How did this one work for you? I think that's a that's a great testimonial. Definitely, so, yeah. And you know, and as far as the size, city's growing. Things are going to have to get bigger. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thanks to everybody for getting in. Other big announcement today was the renovation at Arrowhead Stadium. What we're going to see, how much it's going to cost, who's going to pay for it. We'll talk to our friend Bob Fesco, six ten Sports Radio, coming up next here on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We learned a lot this morning about the Arrowhead Stadium renovations. $800 million, no roof. They're going to do it in the offseason, have it done in six or seven years from now. We learned a lot of other things, too. Yeah, like a lot of the amenities that are going to be there. And Bob Fesco, a morning show host from 610 Sports. Bob, you and I are, are normally like ships passing in the night. It's good to spend some time talking to you. Yeah, absolutely, John. Good to hear from you. Jamie, you as well. Thank so you. you let's, too. let's start because there were two distinct parts of this press conference. There was the layout of all of the new shiny stuff, and then there were the questions, a lot of which were very, very pointed. So let's start with just the shiny things. What did you see out of what the Chiefs released this morning? What do you like? Is And is there anything that you don't like so much? Well, I, I don't like the fact that there's no roof. I think that's major fail by the Chiefs as an organization to not have a roof on the stadium because it limits the events that you can bring. You put a roof on there, all of a sudden we get WrestleMania. That's a $5 you know, billion dollar event. You get the Super Bowl. You get Final Fours. You're in the rotation for that. You can get a bowl game. The college football playoff you can be in the rotation for. And those are just some sporting events that you can get with a roof. So I think it's a big swing and a miss by the Chiefs 
not to have a roof. And, and quite honestly, I get tired of hearing about, you know, our team likes the, the weather, the fans like the weather, we like the grass. You can have all that. You make it a retractable roof, you leave it open for games, and then you put the, the roof on so you can attract those events. I think that helps the county more than having a footbridge go from a parking lot to the, to the main stadium area. But I do like the fact that they're adding toilets. They can never have enough toilets at a game. I like the fact that we're getting bigger scoreboards, and I love the fact that there's going to be 3,000 more parking spots. The Wi-Fi is going to be better. And, of course, you're also going to have, uh, you know, the opportunity to walk now around the entire concourse, which I think is good, more concession stand opportunities. So more conveniences for the fans, if you will. All right, let me do the, the if he's doing the gloom, I'll do the doom part of what we heard there. Um, one of the quotes that got our attention, John and I both looked at each other and we both had the same reaction at the same time about the possibility of putting up an entertainment district, quote unquote, in place of where Kauffman Stadium currently sits. And Mark Donovan said, quote, right now, this is not a location that is worthy of developing. How did you take that? He's right. He even, I mean, there's, there's really nothing else to say. They've had 60 years to develop. If it was a good location, somebody would have done something in the last 60 years. <laughs> yeah, and, and he even said, I mean, right after it came out of his mouth, he said, I know that sounds harsh, and but is that something that, I mean, th- this is effectively a commercial for the 3.8 cent sales tax levy. I mean, th- th- that's, that's why they're doing this, is they're trying to justify a yes vote on that sales tax. Do you think that saying things like that would, would potentially hurt that? That effort um no I, I don't think so because i think you know people know i mean the, the stadiums have been out there since what 72 i think is when they opened and we've gotten a taco bell and denny's burned down you know like my friend used to own a restaurant out there back in the day called sa sanders and he had to close it down once the strike happened in 1994 in major league baseball because he couldn't sustain business when there's no events going on out there there's nothing out there. And I always say there's been 60 years for people to develop that area, and not one person has decided to try to develop that area. Why should anybody else try to do something that nobody in 60 years was willing to do? Listeners of ours, upon listening to the news conference, took issue with the fact that the Hunt family is kicking in $300 million out of the $800 million cost and not more. Did the $300 million sound right to you or no? Well, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's not my money, but I do know John Sherman is kicking in a billion dollars to his project and then covering the cost overruns of a $2 billion project. So he's putting in roughly 50% of the money. And I think there's some miscommunication on that as well, guys, because I walked into the J to get a quick workout in, and so many people said, look at Hunt, he's putting in all this money, and John Sherman's not putting in a dime. I'm like, John Sherman's putting in a billion dollars of his own money for the baseball stadium. So I I think relatively speaking, percentage-wise, it's not the same as what John Sherman's putting in. I would have liked to have seen more money put in, obviously, by the Hunt family. We'd like to see, you know, the, the, the two owners cover everything, but that's just not how professional sports works, you know? To that end, though, I thought it was a little surprising, at least to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, because uh, what I heard him say was that the money that comes in from the 3 8 cent sales tax extension, if indeed there is a yes vote on that, will simply go to maintenance of the stadium for the next 40 years. And the, the, eight, uh, the $500 million would come from, quote, other sources, including state money and, uh, and county money and city money, potentially. I mean, is that the $500 million, is any of that covered by the 3 8 sales tax 
Yeah, that, that's something I don't know. I haven't delved that deep into into everything. But the the Royals are only going to sign the Royals. The the Chiefs are only signing a twenty five year lease out at Arrowhead, which to me makes a lot of sense. The Royals are going to have a forty year lease, obviously, with a new stadium. The the Chiefs get twenty five more years on top of what they have right now. That's a stadium that's in you know in the eighties, and you know about that point in time, it is probably going to be time to build new uh, once they get through this next lease because you know stadiums, houses, buildings, they only last for a certain period of time. So I'm not really sure how all that money is going to be, you know, earmarked and what they're going to do for it. But the upkeep upkeep is important for, you know, for the, for these stadiums. It's important to make sure they look right. I mean, you know, I know we're talking about new facilities, but these things were, were constructed in 1970, opened in 1972, and they still look great. And that's because the county has done a great job with the upkeep and the teams have done a great job with the upkeep of these stadiums as well. I want to turn the attention um, to the Royals a little bit here because it's sort of becoming one big story all at one time. Can you take us through the um, the possibilities and the scenarios of what happens if that sales tax extension fails on April 2nd? Well, I, I've been told, and, and I, I guess it was Monday, you talked about this on my show. Right now, there are other jurisdictions out there in Kansas City that have better public funding offers on the table for both of these teams. And so if this does fail, I am sure Laura Kelly, being one, will be on the phone immediately after the voting booths close saying, hey, we're prepared to offer you this. So uh, it's it's not a scare tactic. It's just the truth. But both the Royals and Chiefs want to be loyal to Jackson County. They just want to know if Jackson County is going to be loyal and wants them. And if they pass the sales tax vote and they are loyal to them and they, you know, they voted in, then great, everybody's happy. But if they don't, I'm told there are multiple jurisdictions in and even out of the area that have better offers on the table than what Jackson County is currently offering both of these teams. So what does your gut tell you about April 2nd? John, I don't know, man. Like every <laughs> every five minutes, I'm back and forth. The interesting thing is, you've got people who think the Chiefs' plan is good and think the Royals' plan is bad. You have people who think the Royals' plan is good and they don't like the Chiefs' plan. I don't know how that's going to be and how they're going to vote. I can only talk about the people that I talk to. And I talked to somebody today, and he said, if John Sherman wasn't putting in a billion, I'd vote no. But he's putting his money where his mouth is. So I like it. I'm not really sold on the Chiefs' plan, but I love the Royals' plan. I've heard people say, I love the Royals' plan, but I don't want to go downtown. But I'm going to vote for it because I like the Chiefs. And I'm like, okay. So I I, I don't know. I haven't seen any polls. People are kind of tight-lipped about this thing. I don't think – either the Royals or Chiefs have done a really good job of selling it to the public either. There's a lot of misinformation out there and there's a lot of misinformation out there because they haven't given people the right information. I still can't believe today I'm hearing people tell me about, well, John Sherman's not putting in any money. I'm like, no, he is putting in money. He's putting in a billion dollars of his own money. So they need to do a better job of educating the the voters of what's going to happen. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We've talked about this, that the no side, the side against the vote passing has been incredibly vocal and everywhere. And if I'm not mistaken, the pro side just got a commercial together, maybe. um, And that's about it. Do you think today's news conference and the information out of the renovation today, as John said, this was a commercial for the April 2nd vote. Do you think it moved the needle for people at all? I think it probably got some people who may have been like on the pro chief side excited about it. I, I don't know that it did anything for the Royals, but again, it's a tied in vote, you know, so if you're voting for one, you're voting for the other. Um, but but I, I know just from quickly looking at social media, what was over, there seemed to be a lot of excitement from Chiefs fans that I saw 
about this, uh, about the uh, improvements that are going to be at Arrowhead. And you're going to have a lot more, you know, fan conveniences. I think that people are excited about scoreboards and things of that nature. So, yeah, I, I just I don't know what to say. If I if I'm a betting man, I'm in the state of Kansas right now. I, I don't know if I if I would put my money yes or no right now because I think it's going to be that close of a vote. Well, I know you're going to be doing a lot of talking about this tomorrow morning. We're all going to be listening in. And, uh, again, Bob Fesco from 610 Sports. Always a pleasure, sir. We'll see you tomorrow. You got it. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk more about this, I'm sure, over the next 30 days. You got it. Take care, <laughs> Thanks, my friend. Bob. Appreciate it. Here's Okay, so so <laughs> now what I knew to be true is correct. I was wondering if there was another option on the table, if that vote fails, than the two that Bob mentioned. And that's it. I mean, it really is just they either go to Kansas or they go to Nashville or somewhere else. The third option that we're not talking about yet, and there's no reason to, is can we just wait it out for a year and put it back on the ballot? And put it back on the ballot. And 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 maybe move it somewhere else. Sure. But then you have the, you know, you have a year's worth of lead time where those other offers. I mean, if, if this vote fails, those other offers that Bob just referred to will multiply. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a break. Uh, if you want to get in, feel free. 913-586-7798. I, I'm going to put this out, this request out there right now, and I'm going to say it again in a little bit. We've already had to dump one caller who said something very, very not FCC friendly today. If you're upset, I would just ask anybody to take a breath for a second. We'll be back with your calls next on KMBZ. Still to come at some point today, Wendy's... They're doing some clarifications about what that surge pricing is actually going to mean. Uh-huh. Because people are upset. <laughs> As you would imagine, they're getting a pretty strong reaction to that. We will uh, see if we can clarify that coming up. Uh, we're taking your calls about your reactions to the renovation announcement from Arrowhead today. Again, I'm going to ask, please watch the words that come out of your mouth. Just keep it cool. We'll go to Larry and Raymore next. Hey, Larry. Hello there. Hi. Hi. Uh, I lived next door to the stadium when it was being built. In fact, our Boy Scout troop had permission to camp. I would like to see someone look into the statement that the concrete from uh, the Royal Stadium is bad because it was all done by the Sharp Construction Company at the same time. I don't know how one stadium's concrete could be bad and another's uh good if i heard any more about that this is a sharp construction company that built that over uh yeah i well all i can tell you is what they're telling us i'm not a builder well i somebody i i watched being built i lived at 47th and sycamore which is an ozark road right across the street mm-hmm. and our boy scout troop camp there oh no, no I, I understand but what i'm saying is i mean uh our uh, you know i bought uh, 20 years ago a house that was brand new it was built in a subdivision that was under construction and they built our house at the same time they built our neighbor's house five years later my driveway was falling apart and theirs looked perfect well same concrete I, same builder same I, everything so i watched them pour concrete for both of them yeah I, I did too that's what I'm saying, and that's that was the explanation they gave today. Now, whether that's true, like I said, I couldn't tell you because I'm not a builder. But what they said was, we got a we being the Chiefs got a good batch of concrete. The Royals got a bad batch, and it took 40 years for it to show up. But now here we are. Oh, uh, 
I think somebody ought to look into that. Thank you. You bet. All right. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Larry. Yeah, um, that is one of the parts of the news conference that that people don't believe. I've got people tweeting at me about it also, saying, what are the chances that Kauffman Stadium, Kauffman Stadium would have gotten entirely a bad batch and that Arrowhead would have gotten entirely a good batch? Yeah. I can't I'm explain that. I'm not a contractor. Right. I, don't, I have no idea. Right. Again, it's also entirely possible that John Sherman wants the Royals downtown. Boom. Yes. That's now, It's just that simple. Now, if, if that's the case, I agree with the people who say, well, then say that. Don't, just say don't, that, yeah. yeah. Don't give us the business about bad concrete if it isn't bad concrete. Tell us you don't like it anymore and you want to move. I agree. You know, if, if if they're telling something that is less than the truth about the state of the concrete at Kauffman Stadium, I think that's a terrible thing to do. But I, I mean, I can't prove it. And if I can't prove it, I'm not going to tell you it's one way or the other. I also do think, just as a side note here, um, I is impressed the word I pleasantly surprised maybe is the term I figured Royals would move Royals would go downtown Chiefs tear down Kaufman's or somebody tears down Kaufman Stadium you build a new Arrowhead and Arrowhead becomes the the training facility I didn't think ever that I didn't think they were serious when they said they were just going to renovate it yeah. I thought oh that's just what they're saying mm-hmm. we're gonna see a three billion dollar price tag for a new Arrowhead Stadium no well, yeah, and I just knocked my headphones off. Um, yeah, and they, you know, they also covered uh, the lease they, and the question yeah. about the lease. And that's something we haven't even brought up, but we can go into for a minute here, is yeah. that there were rumors flying around yesterday that the lease proposals had already been delivered to the county. And the county scrambled. Uh, Frank White, I think, was one of the first ones who came out mm-hmm. and said, no, we have not received anything. So, and the, the teams reiterated, no, there has been no lease agreed to yet. We're working on that. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's it's the images. Again, if you want to see what the renderings look like, that is all up uh, on the webpage for the Chiefs. They don't have the Q&A there, and that's where the good stuff was today. Again, credit to every reporter at that news conference today because you just hit them one after another of the stuff we were wondering about, but all of that is online. Indeed. Major pause. Moving on. <laughs> deep breath. Deep breath, yes. everybody. Deep yes. cleansing breath. We'll finally do a story that's not about the uh, the Chiefs or KCI for the first time in three hours almost. Um, Wendy's, boy, big stink was made about that dynamic surge pricing, surge pricing thing. And, now, and because people are so mad about it, the CEO of Wendy's is going, no, 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 wait a minute. No, 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 no. Boy, did they come out with it. Yeah. They said, oh, let's let's clarify what this whole thing is all about here. And the first thing out of their mouth, out of their, their spokesperson's mouth was, we didn't call it surge pricing. We never said that. That was everybody else saying that. And, and to their credit, they didn't. I mean, they said, you know, the, this dynamic pricing model. What they're saying, the way that it had been posed in all of the news reports and the way that it seemed to be, frankly, coming out of what mm-hmm. Wendy's had said was that during peak times, prices were going to go up by as much as, you know, a dollar for an mm-hmm. item, you know. And and the, uh, so that was the way they were going to put in these digital menus so that when peak times hit, the prices would go up. And then after peak time was over, the prices would go back down. And people freaked 
out. Now, what they're saying is effectively the same thing is going to happen. But instead of saying prices are going to go up at peak times, what they're saying is, well, during off-peak times, prices are going to go down. We're going to offer discounts. We're going to have specials that are available to you, which means you're going to be paying less at off-peak hours and more during peak hours, which is exactly the same thing. You say potato. Dynamic pricing is when prices change based on demand or based on what would make the most money for the company, quite frankly. Sure. That is dynamic pricing. Call it what you want. But dynamic pricing, again, most of our first experiences with that were Uber and Lyft. Charge they charge more when there is more demand for the service. It this is this is that. Yeah, I mean, this is directly out of the mouth of the Wendy's spokesperson. They said digital menu boards could allow us to change the menu offerings at different times of day and offer discounts and value offers to our customers more easily, particularly in the slower times of day. Right, so it's more expensive to eat when everybody else is eating there. It's, you know, again, potato, potato, like you said. So um, now, one of the things that they did point out in this that I thought was brilliant is they said, it also gives us the ability, if something isn't moving, mm-hmm. to put pictures of it up on the menu boards so that that's okay. what you see when you walk in. That's great. Okay. That helps them, too. So it all helps them. All right. Coming up, we have a list. State rankings based on being good or bad for women. Uh, and we have another story coming out of Uvalde. We haven't talked about that in a bit. We'll get to all that in the next hour here on KMBZ.